Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Welcome to Cinematics episode. What, Greg? Why don't you take it away from here? Because I am no longer your official co-host. You have a, a couple uh, other guys who replaced me quite nicely. So, uh, what episode? Uh, is this? Uh, what, episode two, Bruce. What episode is it? Episode two or one hundred eighty-seven? What is it? Two one eighty-seven, one eighty-six. It's somewhere in that ballpark. Let's just say one eighty-seven. I think it's one eighty-seven. One eighty-seven. Murder, death, kill. Okay, so uh, we are jo- Anderson. We, I want you to handle handle the intro because you're the most charismatic and knowledgeable and insightful. Gregor, I'm sorry, that's not what I was looking for at all. Now you're seeming making it seem like I'm, I'm fishing. It just feels weird to kind of like dip in when I want and uh, and take over the show. It, it feels gauche. It feels gross. I don't like it. Take I like it away, Greg. I like being gauche. I'm Greg Srizavasti. I'm joined by my betters, Anderson Cowan, the co-founder of Cinematics. How are you, Anderson Cowan? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. It's great to see you guys. I've actually been looking forward to this uh, the show for a few weeks now. I'm sorry it couldn't have been sooner, but I'm happy to see your faces. I miss you guys. I'm excited. We're, I'm actually submarine this entire episode. We're not going to even be talking about movies. We're going to be talking about Anderson's new project because, to be honest, that's the thing I'm really excited about. I'm also We're also joined by Eric Holmes. How do I sound like a used car salesman, Eric Holmes? Am I doing a good job? Eric Holmes, yes. Oh, yeah, Ethan. Uh, I, I'd buy a car from you. And okay. I have no no plans to buy a car, but if I was going to, you'd be the guy. Thank you, Eric Holmes. You he'd are make, very he'd cool. make all the he'd make all the cars look really big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Oh no! Double entendre. Family show. Anderson Cowan. What do you think about Eric Holmes's gift as an interviewer? Do you think he's a better interviewer than me, Greg Shruzavasti, speaking in the third person? What you do you know think, what? Anderson? I'm glad you. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Eric. You uh, do interviews very well. I hope I don't get in your head here, but you just sound very natural, and uh, you're not nervous like a lot, especially early interviewers. Like a lot of the time, you hear the early interviews. There's a lot of like nervous laughing, and like you know your stuff, and you're confident in your questions. And I think that the uh, the subjects pick up on that uh, quite quickly and just enjoy talking about movies because you are an actual cinephile. You're not just doing this to get your name out there. You come off as the type of interviewer that I would like to hear more from. For Bruce sure. Perfect. Not a sycophant at all. That, oh, that, that's good to hear, but uh, I am nervous. I'm always screaming on the inside and I always feel it comes out. <laughs> Anderson, Even Anderson, more impressive. Anderson's comments about being a sycophant actually hit too close to home. Bruce Perky, tell me, tell people that Greg Shrizavasi is, is just like Eric Holmes, very genuine empathetic and empathic and a sensitive one insightful interviewer what do you greg, think greg greg i mean i'm gonna get the notes here so i can follow him directly uh greg is a <laughs> and i'm the best i don't care what anderson said about last month he said you were the best at breaking down cinema anderson how dare you i uh, thought i was the best well or maybe bruce, you're the best bruce the butcher bruce the butcher <laughs> i'll take it i'm gonna get a fake eye i'm gonna start tapping it with a knife it's gonna be great well what's just... going to be oh yes anderson go for it yeah, Greg, you're the best at something. I, I Bruce is the best at breaking movies down. Uh, Eric's the best at interviewing, and uh, Greg, you're you're really good. Uh, uh, hashtag, <laughs> thank you. I'm a good glad hander, but honestly, this is actually genuine. I am excited. This feels for- so wrong. This feels so wrong because Greg just beats himself <laughs> up all the time, and it feels weird to just kind of lean into that. All right, you want to beat yourself up, Greg? Here, I'll give you a hand. That's a clean way of saying like what it. I do to myself all the time. But anyways, Greg-er. I like. <laughs> Family show, right, Eric? Anyways, yeah. I, I am very excited for Loaded for Bear Doc. Loaded for Bear Doc dot com. Anderson, can you tell our listeners the whole community cinematics, to- the film vault after disaster? What is this about? You've been working towards this. 
Yeah, I did like a half hour plug for it on the after disaster last night, which I don't think that's the right uh, thing to do. I will try and keep it really brief, brief here, guys. In fact, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to do my first uh, uh, episode for a very long time of I've got a movie to make uh, right after we're done with this. I'm going to be doing I've got a movie to make. It's the first one I've done in quite some time. I should actually look up the last one when it was. Anyway, it's not important, but yeah, I'm bringing that back. It's going to be called uh, Load, uh, Loaded for Bear. Loaded for Bear, I uh, let's make this movie. That's that's the new title. So it's going to be essentially the same thing. It's just now we're actually making the movie. So uh, a couple of years ago, I, I came into contact with this this acting group of uh, made up entirely of mentally challenged IDD adults who uh, aspire to act on the stage or in commercials, TV, film. Uh, they have this incredible woman who leads them named Mary. Uh, they graciously invited me into, I was looking for actors for a movie that I'm planning on making. And I loved what they were doing so much that I ended up just going, um, I never left. And I've been going there uh, pretty much every week with uh, Atticus, my now six-year-old. He was four when we first started going. He's a part of this. He gets up on stage and acts with them. It's an actual rigorous course class that we do. And there's all sorts of rehearsal rehearsals and learning and stuff. And I absolutely love it. I'm an official uh, assistant over there now. She calls me an assistant. I'm a part. I, I help her run the classes uh, every week. And I absolutely love it. So the plan is to raise some funds to make a documentary about this place, what Mary's doing about the other assistants that she has over there working with this group uh, about the actual uh, actors themselves. And they're all characters. And I, and I absolutely love pretty much all of them uh, get into what it means to be mentally challenged um, you know, from a historical standpoint as well. There's a lot of things that I want to um, shed a light on in this documentary, all while um, trying to get another, an actual narrative movie with an actual budget uh, from you know studios or financiers or wherever we land it's going to be from beginning soup to nuts on how uh, independent movie gets made which i did not do with groupers at all i just raised the money made the movie and put it out this documentary is going to show what it is to make a movie from the ground up as well as uh with the help with these with this group uh, of uh, idd actors so that's what it is it's going to be about volunteering and what that does for the soul and how much i love that i'm just i'm really hoping to shed a light on on essentially three things that I uh, hold very dear to my heart. Uh, Anderson, I know you want to go quickly over this, but I don't. So I'm going to ask a couple questions on uh, the, you have a different kind of crowdfunding thing for this. It's on givelively.org. Um, and normally the, like with the Kickstarters and whatnot, they have a time limit, but I'm not seeing one on this. How's the, how's the uh, yeah, donations work on this? That's a little tricky. It is a much different animal than what I did over on Stephen Spark when I raised that money a few years ago for groupers. And this one is a uh, 501c3. Uh, it's done through uh, a, a, an organization called Entertainment to Affect Change. And Nick over there uh, was great. I, I got on the horn with him, met him through uh, Brian, actually, who's worked with him on his project. And Nick is out of New York. They have offices here in New York and L.A., and uh, it's really interesting, the organization, what they're doing, they're, they're looking to push narratives that actually uh, change hearts and minds and uh, uh, positive social uh, change uh, on, on um, society and so with bringing things like this story to light. So it was a natural fit. It's a 501c3, which is really cool. So anyone who does contribute at any level, whether it's, you know, five bucks or, you know, $5,000, it's a tax write off at the end of the year. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's it. It's it's in most cases a tax tax write off. Legally, I have to say check with your CPA or a tax professional. But it, it charitable uh, contributions are tax write off, and through, this is through five, the five hundred one c three because our 
film got greenlit to have them as a fiscal sponsor because of the nature of the project, if that makes sense. So if you're looking, if you give money every year to organizations and you're you're looking for some fresh new ideas and new things and you like the cut of what we do over here, uh, it, it should benefit you. Uh, and you also, th- there's still perks, there's tiers. You still get IMDb credits for different tiers and uh, you can have access to our weekly Zoom meetings that I've been doing now with my production team uh, going back to last September. Every every week we get together on a, on a Zoom meeting and talk about um, the both the documentary, but also mainly moving forward, the narrative that we're trying to get an actual actor for. Uh, we have we have a, a, a hit list where there's like five actors that I really want for the lead that are actors that you've all heard their names, you, you know their names. So it's going to be really fun trying to make an actual real big movie while doing this documentary that that uh, depicts it all. And I've talked too long to the point where Bruce is like, "All right, I'm out of here." So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm going to be plugging this thing uh, mainly on the uh, new I got a movie to make, which will be called Loaded for Bear. Let's make this movie, which will be weekly, and that will be found on the film vault feed i'm going to do the first one and i'm going to put them on all the feeds so you will see that in the cinematics feed if that's cool with you guys but then uh, totally. ultimately yeah. every every week and i i plan on shooting this at least through the end of the year so yeah there is no time limit on it uh that's scary because people will be like i'll get to it when i get to it we can't really shoot anything until we hit our first goal we can't do much good work because i'm paying people i'm hiring people we have a budget that's all so if you have any questions or you'd like to be a megaphone and help me spread the word through the social medias and whatnot, uh, please email me at Anderson at AndersonCowan.com. And then and, again, uh, loaded. A, f- sorry, Anderson, go for it. I have, I have a pitch deck. Um, the video should be done, but I'm I'm not happy with my horrible look for them. My wife told me that I look tired in the video, in the pitch video. So I'm redoing that. I might have been tired, even though I thought I got good sleep the night before. I didn't drink or anything the night before. I don't know what my problem was, but I, she said I look tired. I didn't. So. Yeah, there's uh, and you would look got, much less ti- you would look much less tired if you had this funded, and uh, all the more reason to fund it to give Anderson oh. a little reprieve. Yes, yeah, so if I if you can if you fund it, uh, if you give to it, it's going to go straight to uh, equipment that we need. Uh, just the storage alone for a project like this, uh, you know, we need like five thousand, six thousand dollars worth of. I have an exact number, but we for 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 drives, just to you know, memory drives, uh, what are they called solid state drives to to keep this stuff all secure and safe. I'm I'm paying Joe Dorville, one of my producers, he was out of Atlanta to run all the socials. I'm paying Mike Carano to actually shoot the stuff and do the interviews uh, with me and, and and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, we need some funding, or else I'm not allowed to do any of this. Uh, what, do you, what are you doing to pay Bruce and Eric? Because they've been they've been part of our family for several years. I'm paying them zero, and I'm actually stealing some money from them. Anderson, what should I do? Should I keep on stealing money from Bruce and Eric, or because they've been doing such a great job for for us? What do you think? Well, I mean, you steal you steal their time with your four star reviews every week. So I mean, I feel like that's enough. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Bruce. Are you are you being silent? Don't you appreciate my four star reviews that are that are as uh, solid as water? What do you think? Huh? Uh, I I. Well, let's see. I think I have things being stolen, like in my soul, when I watch some of the movies that we, screeners that we have. I think that's more likely. Uh, we'll be talking uh, about Ghosted later on. So, the tough ones this week. Uh, yeah, this week wasn't too bad, but I've had some weeks where, oh boy. I'm so I apologize, Bruce, for unloading some of the cinema's best movies on you, voicing them on you and Eric every week. Okay, so you should appreciate all the things I do for everybody. What? But about that. Uh, okay if you say so <laughs> no that's not true that's not true but what is true is go to loaded for we will put it in our show notes you're also going to hear on the feed anderson's uh w- what is the title of the, the the new podcast that you're doing again 
Anderson? Loaded for Bear, Loaded for Bear, Let's Make This Movie. And the first week, uh, which I'll be recording right after I'm off the the, 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 uh, the Zoom with you guys here, uh, I'm going to be going over the separate tiers and just a little bit more background uh, on the project and what I, what we aim to accomplish with uh, with the, the project itself, which I think is, I mean, I hold this population so dear to my heart. I've been working with them since I was a teenager. Uh, and it's all kind of come to this. Like, it, you know, I think it's all been leading to this. I was thinking I'd make a couple other, you know, really uh, questionable movies before this, namely like Battle at Skunk Skull, which is about pedophilia and some uh, juvenile delinquents who are the unlikely heroes, which that's another underserved community that I would like to shine a light on. Uh, you know, uh, just because you're a juvenile delinquent doesn't mean that you don't have a heart of gold. That that's a different movie, but that's much harder, I think, to get off the ground. And after finding this place, the Born Act Players, and and seeing what Mary Rings does over there, I can't wait to um, show other people these guys as well and and shine a light. Because I it's it I do so much every week with Atticus and just in you know Film Vault and with you guys when I do it and uh, so many different activities and just things that you, we do uh, you know as grown adults throughout the week. And I can tell you that not only for myself, who I'm almost fifty, but also my sick now six year old son, we we both feel that the highlight of most of our weeks is what we do at, at the acting class. And I think some of the parents over there, they're like, why aren't there more of like, you know, we love that you're here and helping, but why, why, why aren't there more? I actually have heard that from two different parents. I'm like, I think people just don't know what they're missing. Like it just doesn't, most people are busy and they don't, don't think about doing volunteer work because it doesn't pay anything, but I don't, I, I just, yeah, volunteering is one of the best things you can do, whether it's with, with, with this kind of community or uh, with animals, or I mean, giving your, giving up some of your own time to a, a cause is just the best. It's the best. Yeah. So and it's needed. It's uh, badly I've, needed. I've known you, Anderson, uh, for over 25 years. And I know just from our personal conversations that uh, doing documentaries, especially in lieu in in hopes of actually shining spotlighting other people has been a big passion of yours so credit to you to go, you know this is not just a fly by night situation that you're doing listeners that you've been i know you've been very passionate about this for the last several decades i know this as well because truthfully i have not, i have not been as empathetic and as giving as you so props to you on that i'm really looking forward to both this documentary and the narrative speaking of which on this episode we have a whole bunch of movies to get to so before we get to them we have the black demon we have sisu movie that i think anderson bruce and eric have seen i have not gotten the link we uh bruce loves this movie he says greg whatever you got to do can you can stop you can stop the presses you don't have to do any more uh podcasts just review this one movie and you're set it's a movie called ghosted i think bruce said something about brilliance Attack of the dog <laughs> 32 sounds evil dead rise and then bruce was saying uh you know uh come say come say i don't know about that but go see ghosted instead and then eric is going to close out with quasi but we're, before all that stuff we're going to do something that Anderson wanted because this is a rotating pick from Anderson. It's a film that I asked him, hey, what's a movie that you want all three of us Wait, to see this week? Yes, sir, Anderson. We're start, we're, why are we started with this when there's like sexy movies that are like brand new and that would be I thought you know, you're, people that are tuned in for? You're the sexy one, Anderson. I mean, we want to start. I love, I love this movie that we're going to talk about. And I'm really curious to hear what you guys said. But I feel like I've taken enough and I feel like we should push this towards the back a little bit. And we should talk about one of the new releases. Sorry to... to uh, you know what? In, you know what? Anderson, to not be a spotlight. I'm actually, you know, being a control freak, and I can hear Jillian, my wife. She was here, going, "God, what's wrong with you? Why do you, you know control what? everything?" I've been pushed to the back too many times in my life in so many different ways. Family show. I'm gonna. I'm going to concede your your request, and let's start off with a movie called Sisu, which is a 91 minute R rated film. And quote unquote, I'm I'm just gonna shut up after I read this plot synopsis. When an ex soldier who discovers gold in the Lapland wilderness 
tries to take the loot into the city, Nazi soldiers led by a brutal SS officer battle him. It's a movie that's written and directed by Jalmari Helander. Tarantino. Oh. Yes, sir. Interesting. I, I, said, I said Tarantino, but I was wrong. Oh, Tarantino. Oh, okay. Well, Eric, why don't you lead off with Sisu? You should know because you uh, were in cahoots uh, in conversation-wise with Jalmari. What can we expect from this movie uh, called Sisu? Yeah. Jalmari Hellander uh, is a writer and director also of Rare Exports, which is awesome. This is kind of uh, – actually, during the interview, I mentioned that Sisu is kind of the movie I thought we were getting when I you know, saw the first Inglorious Bastards trailer. Um, as great as Inglorious Bastards was, this is kind of more the B movie fun kind of action movie. Uh, dude comes across Nazis and lays waste to all of them. Uh, if you saw the commercial, you saw the mind to the forehead, which is uh, not the craziest thing that happens. Uh, maybe we'll save that for spoilers. I don't know, but there was a certain uh, uh, what what do you call it? A certain uh, uh, action scene with an airplane towards the end that was. Uh, <laughs> quite quite wonderful um this is just a great action movie uh just really fun uh, a lot of details um uh anderson you mentioned on the film vault about the uh about the uh titles the gold the the yeah. act one blah 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 yeah you, you and i talked about that yeah there, there's just a bunch of great stuff in here and it's really that i could see this one uh you go into a theater if it's full if it's full if I believe uh, I believe the remake of uh, Michael Keaton's Batman is coming out soon, so maybe not. I, I have no idea. But uh, if you could see this in a full theater, one, that would be great for this movie to have a full theater. Number two, I think everyone would just have a great time. And if you can't, bring some friends over, have some drinks, and have an even better time. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I've been mispronouncing and calling it Sisu, which I, I was told beforehand that it's Sisu. So I'm glad that you're saying it correctly there. And uh, it's just, it's cathartic. If you if you like bloodletting and you like to see uh, comeuppance and people get uh, what they deserve from a, a badass old man, this is uh, very inspired by Tarantino. There's no denying that. However, it's doesn't it's not weighed down with a whole lot of extra dialogue, which a lot of Tarantino. If there is a weakness to some Tarantino stuff, it's like they it feels like there's a lot of line memorization going on, mem- memorization because he he's got so much dialogue. There's this. This is the quiet man. He does not speak. Uh, he just kicks ass, and it is inspired. It's fun, and it it's not just throwaway, boring violence. It's inventive. There's stuff that doesn't make any sense, but you forgive it because it's so much fun. Like the lake scene and and survival in in that particular uh, scene was scientifically it doesn't make sense, but I love the idea of it, and I love that they ran with it. And it's just it's just fun. It's just Ooh. I hope it finds an audience. It, it's a it's a great ride. Also, the uh, I'm not going to give away what it is, but there's a tag at the end that I absolutely love. Like the the very last scene before the credits start rolling, it was uh, quite good. We don't have to don't, say what it know. is, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I, kinda, I, I was kind of wishing that wasn't there. That's funny. We have different opinion on that. Man, that's that's fine. That's fine. Hey, watch it yourself and come back at us and tell us what you think. Bruce, Bruce what's you your saw opinion it. on this? Yeah. Yes, yes, I did see it. Um, I, I would say I was probably the only person that didn't see the trailer beforehand, only because Eric had posted the trailer when it came out. I was that like two months ago, whatever it was. He had posted it and said, this looks great. It's by the guy who did Rare, Rare Exports. And I was just like, okay, good enough for me. So I would say if you trust Anderson or you trust Eric, don't have trust me, just trust those two. Um, and you don't need to see 
the trailer, you will enjoy this even more. Although I don't think it really hurts it, but I think it just enhances it not to have seen the trailer because I didn't know anything other than it was some kind of a crazy action movie. So that being said, I agree with pretty much everything said here. Um, There is a little bit of a lot of action movie kind of things where you have to turn off your brain a little bit, but it doesn't matter in this movie because there's such a heightened sense of style to it that I think if you can, if you can allow yourself to do that, you're going to be fine. I mean, there's, there's points in here where people have him dead to dead to rights, you know, big old gun aimed right at his head. They could shoot him. They could kill him. They're not going to do that because the movie has 30 more minutes to go. Now, if there is a Finnish band out there, um, some kind of a black metal band they should be naming themselves sisu and their first album should be every title seek title from this movie so their entire album will be the titles from this movie i think that should happen probably yesterday uh this movie is tons of fun uh i kept thinking as i was watching this i have not seen i have not seen john wick chapter four and i know i'm supposed to love it i'm supposed to go see it but i can't imagine it's more fun than this uh, to me, I think this is kind of the way I lean, and I'll probably take two or three years before I catch up with John Wick Chapter 4, but I would watch this again tomorrow. I'm glad also, you brought that up, Bruce. I'm glad. I'm very glad you brought that up, and um, my the arrogance that is within me, which can be high at times, especially when it comes to movies, is, is this. Not only did I like this way more than John Wick, because I did not like John Wick, I got such fatigue from all of the absurdity that I had to swallow to you know so that the story continues the movie continues because they have them dead to rights way more than even in sisu sisu but uh not only do i like sisu a lot more i i i'm fairly confident that most people would but they wouldn't admit it to themselves but if we had some kind of way to track brain activity while they're watching these two separate movies john wick and then watching sisu i think that people would have a better time watching sisu i just it, it feels like people it seemed like obligated to like a wick at, 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 at times. I, it, Greg, did you love John wick? Yeah. It's one of the best films ever. Eric, <laughs> Eric, did no, you no, love... I'm kidding. I've never, I've, I haven't John seen last couple. That's my hot take. I, I haven't seen John wick for you, but I do, I do love the uh, John wick uh, franchise in general, but actually I got a question for you, Anderson. Cause like you haven't seen John wick four with your boy. I thought you were uh, super excited about it. I, I was, I, it, there's personal things going on, but we haven't got to okay. it yet. But, but, uh, so with, uh, CC, you seem to like that. You loved RRR. You don't like John Wick and you don't like, uh, action movies in general. What, what kind of works with stuff like CC and RRR that doesn't with something like John Wick? It's a great question. And it's, it's, it's the inventive nature in which they have these tableaus come to life and these, these separate vignettes with, the action and it's there's many many and i you, i can't speak to you guys about it because you haven't seen it but there are long long action sequences in john wick where it's it's step and repeat it's copy and paste it's like him doing the same moves on three or four different guys over and over and over again i'm like i get it he's killing everyone i get it and that doesn't happen uh nearly as much in, in sisu i don't think it really happens at all in in rrr like when uh, an example I'll use is in the beginning where the uh, the watch commander goes in and he's tasked with finding that guy with the red uh, turban, which is conveniently red so that we can pick him out from the other thousands of extras. Like he comes across countless people, countless times in that very long action sequence, but it's never the same thing. Like he's constantly moving to different levels and different areas and different things to overcome. And with John Wick, 
it's it's just like these it's step and repeat and i don't understand how people don't get fatigue of watching four guys around them they each take their turn and they each get killed in like five different ways but over and over again and when he's killing like 300 people you're going to see five different ways becomes you know the same way eight times each if my math's right well that's 400 but you know what i'm saying okay bored. Cool. so that is a high recommendation for sisu Eric creativity Pater. creativity creativity so what is your rating eric on sisu uh we'll go uh 6.9 stars which uh i'm sure greg will take down to five but either way i love this movie how dare, how dare you make it better than ghosted hey bruce what's your rating on this movie um i'll go four and a half four and a half and you anderson cowan uh, I feel guilty now for giving you crap about your four star ratings when I'm coming in with a four star for this one. But yeah, it's it's a solid four star. It's derivative of too many things for me not to just go over the moon. Uh, but yeah, four stars. Uh, it's a very solid four star action movie. Oh, so that's high praise from both from all Bruce, Eric, and Anderson. They give it some really high ratings for Sisu that'll be available in your local theater. Hopefully, more theaters down the road. But this week, as of the week of April, what is this? April 29th? Uh, what is April? The week of April 28th. So, Sisu, check it out. And look, Bruce, you and I reviewed Ghosted. It's on Apple TV Plus. Should yes. we check it out, Bruce? I say I had a fun time. I, you know, this is sort of in the line of like Sweet Girl and Red Notice. I, I love these frothy, big budget. Gray Man. Gray Man. <laughs> How dare you? Gray Man's very good. How dare you? Gray Man is fantastic. <laughs> okay. I almost said that earlier. I almost cited it. I said, need to take this with a grain of salt because I love Gray Man as well. So I like Ana de Armas. Well, well, I like well, Chris Evans. Well, yes, Anderson. One more thing about Sisu, uh, Sisu uh, and RR uh, as compared to like someone like John Wick is the stories of both, especially with RR, are far superior to the story of John Wick. Like, I didn't even know what John Wick 4 was about. I knew they had to get reinstated, but I don't remember John Wick 3. So I didn't even know why he was killing all these people. They're trying to kill him. And I didn't care. And I, yeah. So I knew exactly what the motivation was for the lead characters in RR and and so maybe that's just me being you know a little obtuse and i need to you know i need more motivation to, to care I, I think i think there's also something to say about simplicity with ccu it's guy gets gold nazis stop him he hates nazis mm-hmm. so he kills him like sometimes like with the action movies also with comedies sometimes you just need the barest of the bare minimum yeah. of plot just to hang the action on and if you can nail the action then or you can nail the comedy then i think you did well we yeah. were talking about that just on the uh, Patreon episode about Rollerball. Like it got too caught up in plot and they didn't focus on what they should have. Like, I feel like they should have. Greg and I both feel like they probably should have focused on more. So, yes, that's a, that's a good point, Eric. Yeah, check out Sorry. our Patreon episode this month over at Cinematics. We cover those films, A Boy and His Dog and Rollerball. That's the year 1975. For next month, Anderson and I will be covering the year 1943. Anything be- I-, I said this on the episode, anything before 1950 is my bread and butter. I'm Looking forward to what Anderson and I will pick for next month on Cinematics Patreon 1943. Now, I know Ghosted Bruce is not going to be as great for you and experience as Sisu, but I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here. I thought in Ghosted, there was a couple of really well-mounted action sequences, some pretty locations, pretty leads. Anderson is putting me to task about pretty people. I like pretty people because I'm not a pretty person inside or outside. Chris Evans and Anna de Armas, they light up the screen. I think they're movie stars. So it's a nice confection bubblegum action movie that I thought was uh, mounted well enough. So that was my <laughs> review for Ghost. I would recommend it. It's no. Nice. So no. first of all, I got a bone to pick with you. Craig, um, yes, is that so? I had posted, yeah. I had posted a really quick 
a really quick little mini what? scathing review of this on cinematics. And, uh-huh. uh, and, and, and Greg's like, no, you can't post that. It's under embargo. Take that down. I was like, all right, fine. I'll take it down. I'll just say, I saw it. I can't talk about it. Well, how many hours later did you put your four star review up there? What? No, I, I, I don't know. Anderson, I don't know if this thing works. I'm, I'm, I think we're getting bad levels. No, that's because the embargo lifted several hours later. I'm, oh, okay. I see and, how and this per works. Our, our conversation regarding the rollerball situation, Anderson, I don't know if Anderson knew this. I'm not one of the rollerball players. I'm part of the corporation. Is that something that you guys will know? Executive. About? I'm All right, I just just check. I just checking on this. Something, something spelled smelled a little fishy there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight. I'm, I'm I'm looking out for your best interest. Let's just say Bruce Perkins. Anyway, let's get your movie. unvarnished take on Ghosted. I'm not going to go too long on this. I mean, this is what you think it is, but it's probably a worse version of what you think it is. What it's is just, it? It's, I haven't heard anything about the plot or anything. Okay, the plot <laughs> is is ridiculous. First of all, Anadarmus, <laughs> this character is out. Because uh, her friend died, so she's out in the country, like shopping at some little roadside like plant stand, which is manned by Chris Evans' character. It's in the and DC they and basically character. they have this little uh, meet cute supposedly where where he keeps asking her what kind of plant she wants, and she keeps, she keeps saying like, "Well, I'm away, I'm away a lot." So he's like, "Oh, you can't have this plant; it'll die if you're away that long." So they have this; they end up having a big fight, and she's like, "You should fire this guy." And then she runs off to her car to take the plant that she's still got anyway. And he comes and chases her down because his coworker says, oh, you guys have great chemistry, which this movie has to keep telling you through the whole movie that they have great chemistry. I would say they have characters say, why don't you guys get a room, get a room, literally say, get a room. Probably it's funny. It's funny. 10 times, 10 times in this movie. It's and then of course, you know, then he, then after a whirlwind date, she, he gets, quote, ghosted. A character has to make sure and tell you what ghosted means. His little, you know, the bratty little sister has to tell you, like, well, that's, oh. What if, what if your mom's watching, Bruce? You might yes, confused. the target audience is <laughs> my age, moms and dads <laughs> that don't watch any other movies. And then uh, when he goes off and it becomes a spy movie, you find out very quickly, there is a spy that the bad guys are after named the Tax Man, which they think is him. Guess what song you're going to hear multiple times in this movie? I'm the tax man. Yes, yes. Very this movie good. has was, the worst, the worst ninety nine problem. <laughs> the worst song drops in this. Like the the needle drops in this movie are just horrifying. Like so tired. I mean, you have like a my oh, Sharona. You get like my that. Sharona. My Sharona gets dropped in this movie. <laughs> that Dandy Warhol song is never dropped. I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, you You're want Igby to, to show up. <laughs> No, I, 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 I take umbrage at your review, Bruce. I, no, this I, movie I is this... ti- is tired and boring and lazy, and it looks half green screen half the time, and the chemistry is lacking. So this same movie could be okay if the chemistry is amazing. Like I, I think they're trying to do a uh, what is it, Rancing the Stone or something like that, right? Where yes. you have kind of a rom com wrapped in a in an action movie, but the rom com part of it doesn't work. The action is you've seen it; it's nothing very interesting. This is just sad. Okay, so my rating for Ghosted, I, I forgot what my rating was. I think I probably gave it four stars. I'm giving it like a definitely – I think I initially gave it three and a half stars. I'm going to upscale it to four because Eric Holmes just put four on the thing because I have integrity and I love <laughs> and I love Apple TV+. Plus. God bless you guys. I love Apple TV+. Plus. Thank you for the screen, the early access. To, I, I can't wait till Anderson Cowan and Eric Holmes sees Ghosted. That was a – Oh, that will never happen. I was going to say you'll be dead, Greg. It's not like the first 10 minutes of it where they were uh, – she was buying yeah. a cactus and they had the 
Yeah, the the uh oh yeah, she doesn't like me. It's like no, she does. Does that teach the audience no means yes? Because that's uh, I'm gonna spoil it for you. That tax is that that uh um that uh cactus makes it through the whole movie. Oh well, now I don't have to watch it. I already know. It's it's just okay, Bruce. Uh, Yeah, that that, you're right. (laughs) What was your rating on Ghosted? I I, Eric is is missing some great uh, cinema. You're only ten minutes in. You need to just watch better cinema, Eric. Uh, I'll give it two stars for the pretty people. Okay, thank you, Bruce. (laughs) Thank you, Bruce. Now let's go to Eric Holmes. You've got. I mean, Eric, you've been watching so many darn movies. I think all of us should go with the Anderson Cowan. I know Anderson Cowan has a full life. His quota is four movies per week. I think one of these days, all all three of us, we should follow Anderson's mantra: four movies at the most per week. You've got a couple of movies you want to talk about: Attack of the Dock. Should people watch it? Chris Gore. Uh yeah. I mean, it, so. I wasn't very familiar with the tech of the show, uh, vaguely familiar with Chris Gore, um, just through like seeing interviews of him online. Uh, it was fun interviewing. He seemed like a cool guy. Um, the Anderson, knows Chris Gore. Anderson, I remember, you know, Chris Gore. Yeah. Anderson. I actually ran into him with you once, Greg, uh, when yeah. I was with you. I don't, yeah, he's, I, he, I like Chris Gore. We've had him on the film vault. He's a smart guy. He's a funny guy. Uh, he he runs. He, I think he's the creator of Film Threat. Don't film hold threat, me yeah. to that. But yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not too far. He's cut from the same cloth we are. I think. Yeah, go ahead. But uh, um, not being a fan, or not not that I'm not a fan of Attack the Show. I just never seen it. Um, I'd like to live in it because I like Olivia Munn in general. Yes, uh, mostly mm. due to Newsroom is uh, Sloan Sabbath. Um, but I wasn't really familiar with the Attack attack of the show and i think this and it even says the one of the early titles just kind of says that it's for the fans by the fans i think if you're a fan of attack of the show this is probably something you're gonna dig a lot um if you're not familiar with the attack of the show this would be something that you'd watch and maybe get something out of but not you know it, it wouldn't be something you would rush to um i think this is definitely uh uh you know it'd be like if someone did a uh uh documentary about the film vault i'd watch it because i like the film vault um but if someone doesn't know what the film vault is unless there's something to pull people in you know i I don't think it would go you know go smoothly for them uh this attack of the doc it doesn't have that bit of extra that i don't think it pulls people in that's not already a fan uh as it is uh it's entertaining uh you know Kind of made me want to go back and watch a couple episodes of the Attack of the Show, but it, you know, it, this is a, an example where it's not bad, it's not good. But if you're a fan of that, I think you're probably going to gravitate it, gravitate towards it more than most. Okay, cool. What is your rating on Attack of the Dog, which is, I believe is available right now on digital and on demand? We'll have links on our show notes. I mean, I, I think this is textbook three star banger. You know, if you're in for it, you're going to love it. If not, then. Uh, <clears throat> Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. And then finally, for your two wrecks, uh, you have 32 Sounds and Quasi. I, I don't know anything about this. I think you interviewed the director for 32 Sounds last week, and I think I have the, the interview with me. What what can people expect for these two movies? Should they see them? Yeah. So 32 Sounds, this one's kind of weird. Um, it's directed by Sam Green. It's basically a documentary about sound. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, Bruce and I will talk about certain movies um, that you got to watch with headphones on. This is absolutely a movie you got to watch with headphones. In fact, uh, I believe they uh, recommend you wear headphones because they play a lot with like a, a surround sound with uh, I, I forget what they call it, but it's like a surround sound, but you have your Immersive. headphones on. 
Yeah, it's, it sounds like Sound people bath. are behind you or in front of you, you know, that that kind of thing. But you got headphones on. It's stereo, but they, they you know, have that uh, technology, I guess. Um, they uh, they have, uh, you know, interviews with uh, experimental uh, music artists and kind of talk about what sound means to them, listening to nature, becoming part of the sound. I think it's uh, kind of takes the idea of sound and just kind of just fully immerses you in it. Uh, and the and then uh, interview I mentioned that I almost uh, fell asleep a couple times, and that's not because the movie's boring, but there's a couple scenes where it tells you to and and just so everyone knows, because I always do this, like when the when the movie tells you to close your eyes, I always keep opening my eyes and make sure I'm not missing anything. When it tells you to close your eyes, all it is is gray screen, nothing there until they tell you to open your eyes and then the thing comes. But so anyway, when when the screen goes gray, you close your eyes and it's just like a like a soundscape or you get to hear like nature or you get to hear um something uh oh there's there's one where uh you have your eyes closed and there's like bombs going off in the distance and they have a actually they have a great jump scare in there and I was not expecting it. I was going to say like that's uh, that's setting you up to really mess with the audience it, uh, it is them. they they, it, they took they 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 took it there huh yeah it, it is and it absolutely works and i think i think this is a great uh documentary and i think if you kind of uh kind of give yourself over to it you're going to get a lot out of it uh, what's the name of it again 32 sounds 32 sounds okay so 32 sounds is going to be playing Upcoming April 28th in New York at the Film Forum, April 28th through May 4th, there's going to be a Q&A with Sam Green, and I don't know who these people are, but I guess they're part of the, the production, Ania Lockwood and Nadia Sonata over at the Film Forum, New York City. That should be very cool. If you want more information on 32 Sounds, go to go to 32sounds.com. Sounds very, like Eric was saying, sounds very immersive. Eric, what is your rating on 32 Sounds? I'm going to give this four and a half. I kind of almost want to give it five just because it's, it's, I I don't think I'm selling this right, but I think you're, I think watching this and listening to it with headphones, you're going to get a pretty great experience that you wouldn't otherwise get with a documentary. And how was your experience interviewing green? Oh, it was, it, it was great. He was really laid back. Really, really laid back. Okay, so yeah. that is 32 Sounds. We will be putting Eric's interviews with Sam Green very soon later this week. Check it out, 32sounds.com. Finally, Eric, Quasi, I don't know. What is this? Uh, this is another, uh, this is about Quasimodo. Um, Quasimodo story to hang jokes on for a Broken Lizard movie. Uh, this is a Broken Lizard movie. That's what I can say. I, I, I'm a fan of them. Um, this is probably one of their lesser ones because the first 20 minutes is not very funny, but like then it kind of starts picking up as it goes along. But uh, I think if you're a Broken Lizard fan, uh, you're going to dig it. It's probably lower tier Broken Lizard, but still fun. Uh, if you're not a Broken Lizard fan, um, skip it. Uh, like the, there's nothing here for you. Um, that's that's kind of where this is. Um, okay, that is- oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I would say just uh, as far as Broken Lizard movies go in general, I'd probably give this a three right now. And as their movies tend to go, the more I watch them, the more I like them. But right now, this is kind of probably a three star. And then for most people, this would probably be like a two star, I think. Yeah. Sounds like a three star banger to me. Uh, a li- not really, because I I don't love it. 
Mm, because okay. I, I'm a fan of Broken Lizard, but I don't love this one. I, I liked it a lot, but I didn't love it. So, and I think there's going to be some Broken Lizard fans that, like, if you saw Puddle Cruiser, um, I think a lot of people liked the uh, Super Troopers when it came out, and then they came out with Puddle Cruiser. And I remember watching that, and there was some funny stuff in there, but I was like, God, they can do better. Like, but Puddle Cruiser was their first movie, so you kind of you know give them a little leeway with this. Quasi, they've been doing it for a while, and you know, you kind of expect more out of them. Okay. So this was a bit, it's, this is available, Eric on Hulu. Is that how you watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this movie, it is called quasi available on Hulu. Tell us what you think right now in the rotten tomatoes, tomato meter from the critics. It has 46% and audience score very high. 70%. I'm actually giving this movie four stars have not seen it yet, but I'm sure I'll probably give it four stars. <laughs> Eric is giving it three stars. <laughs> I, I know Bruce, are you going to watch quasi? What do you think? Do you, or, or is your playful? Dance card. I, I like Broken Lizard. I I would probably give it a try. Yeah. Okay. I might give it a try as well. I don't know. Anderson, you have the four. Um, you don't have time to watch. You're not a Broken Lizard guy. Are you a lizard dude or broken? No, I'm not. A, I'm not a lizard guy. So uh, I will not be watching this because there's not going to be much value added there for me. As you might say, can can I derail this uh, conversation real quick and, and yeah. bring it to Rotten Tomatoes and just say I I, I I'm, I'm, I'm I, I've not had a lot of faith in Rotten Tomatoes for for years now, but even less so lately. Uh, I know you guys covered to catch a killer. I heard you guys talking about it just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I covered it as well. We had almost identical thoughts. It's funny. Uh, we all loved it uh, for everyone who watched it on the show. Uh, and I was shocked to find out in real time on the film vault as I was uh, reviewing it, that it's like at 40 something percent on rotten tomatoes. What is wrong with these GD critics? Like, what is their problem? Like, what, what, how do you, how do you give it? An, am I missing something? Is there some real misstep in to catch a killer? Um, okay, I, I don't, have no idea. I think probably I think it goes back to when you and I started cinematics, and I gave Annalisa a really great score, and you basically called me out and said, "That's a critics' rating." So I think some critics rate certain movies by what people think they're going to rate it. In all fairness, so I just had a fun time with this movie, and I, I'm I'm actually the surprised. Catch a killer. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, th- I thought, it, I th- you know, so the first half, I'm like, this is a derivative. I'm, I'm, I'm cut you off, and I, I, I'm sorry. Go for it. I, no. I, I sorry. I'm very sorry. But like, first half of this movie, I'm like, it's very derivative, and you know, it's Sons of the Lambs, but not as good. I know it's like an updated Sons of the Lambs. It's definitely got seven tone to it as well. But as it went on, it got better and better and better. And I, I, I'm, I'm questioning. I'm wondering if some of these critics, and there's so many of them out there now, they just don't have the time, and they, especially with a movie like this, I want to be shocked if they watch maybe the first act and a half two acts and like all right i get what this movie is i'll do my review and then they just check out and move on to the next movie because i don't see how anyone could watch this movie all the way through see that that final scene with shailene woodley and not be affected by it in a positive light and say this is a movie worth watching i don't i don't know how that's possible if you actually know what cinema can do and what it should do like what 40s and just on a thriller, on a thriller sense, it has some great scenes too. I just don't know how they get it in that, you know, like that scene in the, the mini mart, like how, yep. how are they not so well at least entertained by it? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's thrilling. It's what you're supposed to have in a basic procedure thriller, right? Exactly. Okay. And I don't, I don't know what percentage of the movie going audience, you know, leans on Rotten Tomatoes. I would imagine there's a lot of them, a large chunk who will never watch this movie because they know that it comes in at 46% or whatever. And that's such a shame because it's a very, very good movie. It's the best movie I've seen so far this year. No it's, way. Really? Well, I like it. I like it more than Sisu. 
I think okay. Sisu. While we're talking about Sisu too, that just final thought on Sisu. And this is for you, Greg. Uh, a lot of for uh, for a, a comp. Uh, I forgot to say on both Film Vault and here, but uh, it's it's got a lot of beasts of war in it. Very, oh yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of beast in there, and we love oh, yeah. beast. Yep, oh, beasts wow. of war for sure for oh, Sisu. I, I kind of want to touch on that Rotten Tomato thing because uh, what was the last uh, maybe Quantumania or something like that? Um, last comic book movie that got a low critic score but decently high audience score. Yeah, and, and a lot of times maybe. that happens. And granted, this is probably just what I'm saying. I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but um, anytime like a comic book movie comes out uh, with a low critic score, the people are you know, ready to defend it. Like, Oh, they don't critics don't know what they're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. But then a movie like to catch a killer comes out with a low critic score. They'll use that as a reason or an excuse to not watch it. Uh, it's, it's, it looks yeah. bad. The critics are hating it. They will not, sword. they will not defend a low critic score for an indie movie, but they will defend to their dying breath, a low yeah, score. I mean, on that's a comic like, book that's movie. like politics, right? Eric, that's like, you know, yeah. red tie, blue tie. And it's, it's identity. Uh, film identity uh, stuff going on there but uh, another example and then we'll move on sorry because i know it's gonna be a long episode already but like babylon is another one the fact that they that babylon has such a low rotten tomato score is just it's appalling it's especially people that watch movies for a living like how do you not appreciate what babylon yeah bruce the story is doing (laughs) yeah you gotta ask bruce (laughs) i'm right in your camp with that Look, if you expect like two thirds to like it, and there'd be like you know one one Bruce for every (laughs) (laughs) one Bruce, one Rotten Tomato out there in the pack, you know, know, one one Bruce for every Anderson and 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 uh, and Eric is what I'm saying. Like you know, I I, two thirds. I'm shocked that it's not majority of critics appreciate Babylon. Yeah, I'm sorry. And and, you know, in fairness, right now the Rotten Tomato score, audience score for To Catch Killer is 71%. So uh, to your point, Eric, I hope more people watch it. The people who watch it are giving it good scores and hopefully word of mouth is going to get To Catch a Killer and there's going to be people who will be watching it. But I think, like you said, I think the main concern is they they needed butts in those seats that opening weekend for some revenue. And I just... I think bottom line is people are going to eventually get to to catch a killer. Our review on it did really well on you on our YouTube channel on Deepest Dream. So I think there's a groundswell of support behind. To catch I, I think that, I think what might be hurting is people go to the theater looking for a missing. Can't remember the name. Don't see it, and it's like, well, fuck it. <laughs> Eric was uh, talking about misanthrope. It's original title, which is a great, great title. So Much before we title. before we get to to Anderson's pick and close the show. Bruce, very quick question on Evil Dead Rise this weekend. Should people go see Evil Dead Rise? So many people love that movie. And are you going to convince Anderson to go out and spend some tickets to to see this movie? I mean, I don't know if I can convince him. I I think this is a great in-theater horror movie experience. I think people who are casual horror fans will get a good thrill ride from it if that's what they're looking for. But I think that um, for me, what I really loved about it was it's so rare right these days to get a movie like this that has actual stakes like it's really rare like when i saw the 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 basic concept of it i was under underwhelmed i didn't think it was going to be very fun and it isn't as goofy and it's over the top in the comedy as the older ones but it isn't as dour and kind of by the numbers as the remake that happened about 10 years ago this movie is kind of it's just a really interesting uh experiment in kind of pushing the boundaries and tone in the sense of this you got this movie and they say, okay, we're in the Evil Dead universe, right? You're going to have a book. You're going to have some you know, people turning into demons and they're going to have to fight them. And, and okay, we're going to put it in a high rise. You're like, okay, well, whatever. That's a gimmick. But the gimmick of this movie that I think is really interesting is, 
but it's going to be a family. So you're not going to have like a bunch of random teenagers in the woods where one of them is basically an ash, right? In this one, you're going to have a family getting terrorized by this demon. And it is not going to give a F on who gets maimed or hurt in this movie. And that kind of stakes, I was really surprised by. And it just, it almost, there's, and I once again, this won't be for everyone, but I think for people who want a scary kind of, whoa, and like kind of really freaky time, that kind of person will have a fun time. But for horror fans like me, they're going to be like, oh, wow, this movie actually decided to go for it and have some really vicious, really vicious kind of uh, approach to darkness and comedy. And like, honestly, a, you can look for metaphoric stuff of here if you want to, too. You definitely don't need to have it, but it's there. So I think this is I think this is going to be a movie that kind of has legs over time, and I think it will be well-loved in the pantheon of uh, Evil Dead movies. And you went really high on your rating on this, right? I did. I think realistically, for most people out there, uh, unless you just hate gore and horror at all, like if you're just that person, no, it's probably not for you. But if you're kind of a slight horror fan or like, you know, you kind of like horror if it's done well... You're probably in that three and a half camp, maybe four. For me, it's five because it just hit me. It hit me. It hit me in the right way. I just loved it. I came out energized. I rarely come out of a movie energized. I went with my um, 18-year-old son. He came out. We were just talking about it and loving it. And it has probably my favorite new weapon, which I won't describe what it is, but it's pretty hilarious. There are demon or demons in Evil Dead Rise. Before we get to my favorite movie of the week, which is Anderson's pick, Igby Goes Down. I really love that film. Anderson and everyone else accuses me, uh, rightly so, of giving movies four-star uh, four star bangers every single second. But I'm going to give three stars to a movie which we almost forgot before we get to Igby Goes Down. Speaking of demons, there's a movie called The Black Demon. For me, it's not a three-star banger. It's a minimal three-star rating, mild recommendation movie set in Baja, California in a sleepy town, which is really not a town anymore. It's a desolate town for a big reason. There's a megalodon shark roaming the area, ruining supposedly the area near Baja, California, and everything is not very good. When this really well-to-do family, led by Josh Lucas, who plays an oilman, and his lovely, he goes there with his lovely wife and his two kids, they go on a trip to Baja, but it's really a trip about for this oilman to figure out what's going on with the rig or that contraption out in the middle of the ocean. That is a premise of the Black Demon, it's also not really a shark movie. I mean, there are shark moments, but it's an eco-horror tale. I liked it mildly because of it's a, it's a family drama. I wanted a little bit more. I think I'm going to copy what Eric said in our messenger. I wanted more of a fun shark B-level movie, and it's more of a family drama in many ways. That's how I take it. I, this is a mild recommendation. I love that filmmaker, Adrian Grunberg. I really liked what is his last film, Rambo, The Last Blood. Really enjoyed that, that movie. But this one is just a mild recommendation for me. What about you, Eric Holmes, on The Black Demon? I think it's a slightly above mild recommendation. Um, it, it, the uh, Megalodon stuff I really liked. But yeah, the, I kind of agree that I would have uh, liked more of that. But that's not really the story they're telling here. It's sure. not, you know, it's not the the Shark B movie. It's got Shark B movie elements, but it's definitely a ghost story, um, which is kind of why I bumped it up, like you know, th- to about three and a half because it's it takes the it presents itself as the movie you think it is, and then you watch it and it does something a little different. I kind of appreciated that. Um, th- this might be like one of those movies that if they did a sequel to it, um. I think they could, you know, sequel to it with bigger budget. They, this could get better as it goes along. Um, as it is, I still think it's a recommend. 
They do some interesting things. Um, didn't quite hit the mark. And Ed, when I was talking with uh, Adrian, uh, you know, just about shark movies in general, uh, you know, you always have jaws hanging over your head whenever you make a shark movie. So, you know, whether that's fair or not to this, you know, it's up to you to decide. But I think uh, I think they did something different. I appreciated it. Um, didn't quite hit the mark, but at the same time, it's definitely not a miss. Solid recommendation, Eric, at three and a half. I give it three. Mild recommendation. Bruce, where do you land on these ratings? I Yeah, I can't really quite recommend this movie. For me, it, it I saw all those elements, but none of those elements were done in a way that was very interesting to me or as good as other movies that have done all of those elements better. And I, I kind of came around down on the camp of, hey, if this is going to be a cheesy shark movie, give me some more shark. And I, there was really hardly any shark in this movie. And what I saw was just kind of glimpses and it just didn't, it didn't go over the top enough to be kind of campy fun. So for me, it's about two stars. What if you rejig it and say as a family drama, eco horror thing would no still did it. I mean, you could just, but it would be a totally different movie. It wouldn't be a demon shark movie at all. It would just be a different movie. And if you did that, I mean, that could be good, but that's a totally different movie than what we got here. So, okay. This, this movie comes off as a uh, clickbait to me. I went into doing research for this week and I saw the poster. It looks great. And they, you know, if I barely saw movies and I didn't know what I was doing and I just saw the posters, I'd probably pick this movie over every other movie being released uh, this week. So it, yeah. it's like a clickbait of a film. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I had a good time. But if you wanted to say something, it looked like you were going to say something about it. Oh, no, I was just going to kind of sort of agree. You know, it's not it's definitely the not the it's definitely not the movie that the poster or the trailer makes it out to be. Um, I I just kind of I kind of like the angle that they took on it because it's it's different than most shark movies that come out. And by the way, there's I, I would say as far as just, you know, beyond Jaws, as far as shark movies, I I still think this is one of the better ones because. Let's see, you got uh, the Meg. You got the Meg, which the is Beto. good. And then you got the, what's the one with the. What? Well, they oh, make what, like, like a hundred terrible shark movies a year shark, now, right? Shark Tale? No, the the Shallows, I think. Oh, yeah, right, right. With uh, Blake Lively. That was pretty fun. Yeah. 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 That, like you take off, you take off like the first 15 minutes and like the last five minutes of the Shallows. You got like a really tight shark movie there. Um, okay. What's what's the most Samuel Jackson and the uh, Smart Sharks? Drawing a blank on the name. Oh, Deep oh, Blue the, Sea. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea, yes. Thank you. Yeah, Deep Blue Sea. Uh, directed by who? Uh, Rennie Harlan, I believe. Rennie Harlan, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. The, so that is the Black Demon <laughs> only in theaters on Friday. Bruce gives it two. Eric gives it, gives it a solid three and a half. And my goodness, I actually gave it three stars. I did not give it four stars. That's amazing. Speaking mm-hmm. of amazing, Anderson, you have the rotating pick. You picked Igby Goes Down. Why? This is, why is this movie, I'm assuming, dear to your heart? Yeah, so Burr Steers uh, wrote and directed this. I saw it in theaters probably a couple times when it came out. I'd never really seen anything like it. It was a coming-of-age story uh, about a young man told in a very modern way and an R rating, didn't pull punches. Uh, It was also uh, a bit of a... Uh, he was younger than you would expect uh, the lead to be, uh, considering the, the... relationships uh romantic interests that he had in the movie which i thought was daring at the time also this is before i knew who noel bombach was and this is an early iteration of uh the squid and the whale to an extent and a lot of things that noel bombach has done is it's noel bombach uh, uh vibe without it being noel bombach because it's burst Steers who hasn't done a whole lot i also liked the last days of disco quite a bit with burst Steers was involved with that but uh that said 
uh, with Succession being as good as it is, and uh, Kieran Culkin, who is one of my, he's my favorite Culkin, and I just really like him as an actor, seeing him just crush it as Romulus um, in Igby, I mean, in in uh, Succession, uh, I thought that this is a movie that might uh, do good to be unearthed a little bit. And I have very fond memories of it. I did not do uh, what I should have done, which is watch this movie this week so that I could talk about it uh, with you guys. I have not seen it since it's released in 2002. Maybe I saw it on video or so. I think I've seen it two or three times. I do have memories of the movie, but I'm not going to be able to t- speak to it uh, the way you guys will right now. I'm really interested to see uh, your take on it because I remember absolutely loving this movie. I, I did see it a third time because I showed my now wife, uh, Jillian. We've been together for 20 years, so... God knows when I showed it to her, uh, but she did not respond to it. She said it was a boys movie. And then immediately, um, this is recently when I brought up I, 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 last, last week, I'm like, remember Igby goes down with uh, Kieran Culkin uh, after I assigned it to you guys. And she goes, yeah, that was a boys movie. I didn't like it. It reminded me of the squid and the whale. I'm like, oh, well, at least you got your comps right. That, that's good. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, that, so guys, why don't you take it off? What do you guys think of Igby goes down? Whoever wants to go first. Um, I guess I can start. I, I, this this is my first watch, so I have not watched this movie. It's one of those things that slipped by me in that time period. But I was aware of it, but it never I never watched it. And um, I feel I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I feel like this is one of those movies that if it hits you at the right time in the right place, it hits you different. Because I feel like if I would have watched this in two thousand two, I would probably love it more than I do yeah. now. And it's just kind of a time thing, and that that being in the time and place and experiencing it when it's taking place in history i think has an effect on you too cuz i think it's this is a very i don't want to say it's a zeitgeisty kind of movie but it definitely it feels like it's time uh, it very much so um and i also was last that, succession too was, so. was that due to the uh, some of the music drops there bruce well no, they definitely there's a few in there some coldplay dropped in i'm like oh boy <laughs> it's like it kind of kind of kind of said hello to itself but um that didn't really bug me too much i i think for me the there was a few things where it was kind of like the biggest kind of i think hurdle for some people and i'm kind of slightly in this camp is uh if this wasn't if igby wasn't a protagonist if it was more of a general look at the whole group, which it kind of is, and we actually weren't necessarily even following Dig- Igby. I don't say whole Digby. Um, if you weren't even following him either, I think it might have worked better for me as just kind of an overall kind of satirical indictment of this kind of uber rich. Because, you know, the whole idea is that you've got he him is kind of a disinfe- disaffected and kind of kind of want to rebel against this super rich, insular New York family and you know moneyed lifestyle and he's trying to kind of just buck the system and everyone compares this to catcher in the rye of course um he's trying to kind of buck the system he's kind of supposed to be our kind of in a sense our hero but he's also he's you know if anyone has a golden parachute he's got the most golden parachute you've ever seen in your life you know he's Mm. he's you know his way of rebelling is to get kicked out of every Ivy league school in the universe, you know, whereas, you know, someone who's down in the inner city is trying to get into any school, you know? So I think that there's a lot there to overcome with that part of it. But that being said, there's a ton of great performances. There's some really amazing satire in here. I would say, um, I kind of like the side characters even more than, than Igby himself. Like Claire Dane's character was really interesting. Suki. Um, and Oh my God, Jeff Goldblum as this total a-hole, I mean, kind of guy you never quite have seen him play before. I don't think he's ever played someone quite like this. He almost steals every scene he's in. Um, so there is some really, really good stuff in this movie for sure. Eric, 
the, the, the cast is Kieran Culkin, Claire Danes, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Amanda Peet, Ryan Felipe, and Bill Pullman, uh, along with Susan Sarandon. I mean, it's it's a, a very yeah. 90s, uh, early oh, yeah. 2000s Amanda cast, Pete? for sure. <laughs> yeah, you always got yeah. her in those. Well, um, this was a movie that kind of, as I'm watching it, I was like, yeah, this is all right. You know, I'm digging it. And then upon reflection, I'm starting to think of scenes. I'm starting to think of Jeff Goldblum standing up, picking his pants up. I'm thinking of uh, Amanda, you know, just Amanda Pete doing Amanda Pete things. I'm thinking of Jared Harris playing a role I never thought I'd see Jared Harris play. Um, so there's like uh, like little bits and scenes and character things kind of uh, pop in my head. Ryan Phillippe, I'll always a fan of him <laughs> yeah um also like it does a thing at the beginning where it does the uh the big opening and then kind of then kind of takes it back but i i like that because it it bookended the movie so you see what's happening and then by the time you get to the end of the movie you know you get more context of what you saw at the beginning uh that really worked so this is like one of those movies that um Actually, kind of like Magnolia was kind of similar to that. I, I didn't really like Magnolia much the first time I saw it. And I started thinking about it more. And then I went and watched it again. And I was like, started thinking about it more and watched it again. And now I love Magnolia. I, I think this were, is kind of one of those movies. Were there any points that, while you were watching it, any of you, where you're like, why in the world did Anderson have us watch this this thing? Why no, because I... no, it, nope. it, kind of, it still <laughs> had kind of dinner in America vibes, just yeah. not not quite as good as that. But like interesting, I see, what I, I could see the bones of something like that. Interesting, what Bruce was saying too about how you know like it, it was hard to have any kind of empathy or follow this protagonist and, and Igby, this misanthrope who has the world handed to him. And I don't know if that would have really occurred to you. I think maybe I just accepted that back in 2002 when I first saw this, uh, because you know I, I've I've grown up uh, and I you know I've gotten older and I've you know, especially over the last you know five six years with all the things that have been brought to light and the, the haves versus the have-nots, the work that I've done. Uh, over the last three years on that documentary, La Lucha, all about the education system, I think that that probably would be a huge barrier that I didn't experience at all when I first saw this. So interesting you would bring that up. Um, I'm also looking at the credits and seeing that Rory Culkin played 10-year-old Igby. I don't know if you caught that. It was Rory Yeah, Culkin yeah, yep. That, that's <laughs> yep, pretty, cool. pretty cool. For well, anyone who's seen Lords, Lords of Chaos, uh, you'll appreciate Rory Culkin for sure. Yeah, for me, Igby goes down. It's like I think Bruce was saying it's a disaffected youth. You know, Igby was a disaffected youth, and I think without giving too much away, it's the movie is really about how one processes generational trauma in it, within the context of this uh, coming of age drama situation. And, and like Eric and Bruce are saying, some great performances all around from everyone. I I really loved everyone, and I really love the fact that even though there are some needle drops, better needle drops. Definitely the oh, yeah. ghosted. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, he admits yeah, better, it. He admits it. That's I, the truth. I'll admit it. Coming out. <laughs> There's a great song in this movie from Badly Drawn Boy called, I think, Stalking Something. And it, great, great. Some great needle drops and authentic needle drops in this movie. And for me, this movie was a very authentically done film. Uncompromising, especially the way the third act plays out with a certain situation that happens and there's a lot of things that are left inferred unanswered and i i really really highly just blown away actually this is this might be anderson's um this might be what out of all the recommendations that anderson has given me over the years this might be the one that i really just attuned to a lot so yeah yeah igby goes down comedy that was was released in 2002 it runs 104 minutes, and it, again, it starts Kieran Culkin. If you're a fan of Succession, this is a must-watch, 
Okay, because it's sort of a sort of a spiritual cousin to what is his uh, character's name? Roy, right? Uh, uh, Rom- Romulus. Rom- yeah. Romulus. Romulus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roman. Any, no, Roman. 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 Yeah, Roman Roy. Roman Roy. Yeah. Roman Roy. Yeah. Yeah. He's great in, as Roman Roy, and he's even great as Igby. As, uh, Igby Slocum and Igby goes down, and I was po- posting on our Facebook group there. They should have a twenty-year-plus sequel where it's like Igby goes up. He's he comes back to New York and actually starts uh, trying to reunite with some of you know his brother Ryan Philippi and and also with Suki again, played memorably by Claire Danes. For me, this is a personal rating for me. I'm giving Igby goes down, directed by Burstiers and headlined by Kieran Culkin, five stars. Bruce, what is your what is your rating on Igby Goes Down? I will probably go three and a half. I think it's really solid, and I think mileage will vary for people depending on kind of how it hits them. And I think that, like I said, if I'd seen it back then, I probably would have been four and a half stars or five stars myself. So, okay. And finally, Eric Holmes, your rating on Igby Goes Down? Um, hmm. I'll probably go three and a half too. But you ask me a year from now, this will probably go up to like four, four and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is an easy another easy. another thing that. I really responded to with this movie at the time is uh, Burst Steers. Uh, he wrote and directed it, and it's quite evident that like this is a life that he understood and knew. And you know, from before Succession, obviously, uh, decades before Succession, like it's it's fascinating. Even if it's an ugly side of I I hate capitalistic rich people. You know, it's my my punk rock ethos absolutely hates them. Uh, but to see how they actually live and get an inside, you know, behind the scenes look is fascinating. And uh, I definitely got the sense that Burr Steers knew what he was talking about and had lived a very similar life growing up. And um, that's that's what also I responded to with this. The movie. portrayal of Amanda Peet and Jared Harris's characters within oh, the milieu yeah. of Igby goes down. It's pretty. I don't want to give some de- description, but it's pretty real as far as the class honest, structure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough, tough. Anyways. Um, oh, yeah. oh, thanks for watching uh, that, guys. Yeah, yeah no, it was awesome. Another thing, uh, Bert Steers, uh, Igby goes down. His first thing he wrote, uh, followed it up with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And yeah. most recently, he wrote Fried Prejudice and Zombies. So there's, uh, there, there's a wide, uh, wide, wide range yeah, he, there for sure. Yeah, I he's still directing. He did, he directed uh, 17 again, the remake, which uh, no one saw, including me, never seen. Yeah, he's he's still working as a director too. Uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I was just talking about the the writer stuff because it, it just seemed like Igby goes down. How to lose a ten guy in ten days and Pride Prejudice and Zombies. I was trying to piece that together. <laughs> like, how does the same person do those three? Write those three movies? It but. seems to me. I mean, this is maybe lazy and just point a to point b but it seems to me like i said he I, it's he was born with a silver spoon i think he lived his lifestyle he made igby goes down that kind of put him on the map and he's been trying to make money as a director ever since and he's just you know uh. looking for the paydays like with weeds and you know he's a tv director big love he's probably great to work with but i i feel like he had one really good story in him he told it igby goes down you write what you know and now he's just a, a hired gun actually weeds kind of makes sense because uh i haven't seen all of weeds but i've seen enough episodes to kind of uh Weeds and Igby goes down kind of makes sense. They they have a lot of similar DNA, I think. Um, I would say anyone that ha- hasn't seen Igby goes down, but you've seen a couple episodes of Weeds, I would definitely check out Igby. Ig- Ig- Igby goes down. I would check Igby. that out. Check out Igby goes down. down. Would would be interesting to see what Anderson thinks about about it upon a rewatch when he has time uh-huh. to actually see it. Whenever that happens. Before we go, uh, Bruce Porky, p- pick your movie. Uh, what's in the box for next Put week? In the box. Shake, in right. the, shake your box. What are we throwing to the uh, sound drop here? No, oh, it's yeah. an actual oh. actual box. Oh, Peter Beta. I'm okay. sorry, oh, yeah. Pete. Uh, middle class film class. Drop Pete's that. Drop the beat, right? beady box. Yes. Remove your hand from the box, and you die.
What's in the box? Pain. All right, we're back, guys. Now, what is what? What do you got, Bruce Perky? All right, I have got. Oh, cool. Okay, this is cool. This is one I put in the box. So I, sometimes I'll put in stuff in the box that I feel like I should have seen a million years ago, and I just never got around to seeing. So I, at least, if not you guys, but probably all have seen it. I am going to be watching the last picture show for the first time. Never from the nineteen seventy one. That's that interesting because I just watched Targets for the first time like two, three weeks ago and was blown away by it. Love Targets, Peter Bogdanovich. I haven't seen Targets yet either. I need to put it in the box too. <laughs> yeah, put <laughs> that in the box, guys. I think all three of you will really appreciate Targets. And also see, I love the last picture show. Love Peter Bogdanovich. Rest in peace. I wish I could actually pull off that ascot. Bruce Perky also add the world according to Garp per uh, Eric yes, Holmes' yes. interview. Remember with, that movie? Uh, I'll watch it again. Uh, anything else to add in the box from your recollection, Eric Holmes, to Bruce Perky's what's in the box from your interviews? Um, uh, not to my recollection because my brains are garbage, but okay. uh, well, I, well, I will go back to the old uh, the interviews and pull them out. Okay. Again, the world according to Garp based on a John uh, novel and directed uh, by George Roy Hill. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Anderson a, Cowan. A, a, a very young Anderson uh, was very confused and put off by the uh, oral scene and according to Garp, the world according to Garp. I, <laughs> When did that come out? Because yeah, that's when I saw that. In 82 years. or something, 82. probably? 1982. I was I was, I was like eight years old. I should not have been watching that. What's wrong with my dad? <laughs> can, can I also point so out good. that uh, despite its title, there is no oral scene in Iggy Goes Down. Right. No. There is no oral. I, yes, I was kind of let down a little bit by that. But you were kind of let down. <laughs> More of let that. a societal thing. Yes. Class have thing, you- if I'm going we're going to end the show with some final thoughts from Anderson Cowan. Any final thoughts before we get out of here on cinematics? No, guys, come be a part of the new project. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. There's going to be a whole lot of uh, stuff to follow along with. It's all good, good stuff. It's the better side of me. I have a lot of sides, but it, this is the uh, the side that I don't let out of the box very often. But it's it's really come to the forefront, especially since being a dad and with all the stuff that uh, I love to do. And I hope to I hope to make a positive impact with this for sure for uh, the group that I'm working with at the very least. So come over to loadedforbeardoc.com for more information. Shoot me an email if you'd like to uh, be a part of spread, helping spread the word and sharing our posts and being a megaphone, as they call it, and trying to help this thing get the life that, I, that we all think it, it deserves, the entire team. So loadedforbeardoc.com. Hey guys, we'll see you next week here on Cinematics.